Hi, thank you so much for tuning in to the Dr. Whisperer podcast today. I'm very happy to bring you a very special guest, Anthony Contrucci, who is with the new emerging company, Ultimate MD, that was founded in 2016 by Eric Williams. So I'm really happy to share this segment with you today, especially because Anthony has a really unique perspective on the medical industry since his father is an ENT physician. Uh, I think it really brings a, a great light into what it's like to be the son of a physician, um, want to be somebody who wanted to be a physician, and then ultimately parlay all of his knowledge into the business of medicine. So I hope you enjoy it and happy holidays to all of you. Hi, Anthony. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me. Very, very excited to talk to you today, especially because I have some great insight to your path along in the medical industry that the audience doesn't know about. But before I do that and introduce your story, Anthony, you have a fantastic Irish last name, Contrucci. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Wonderful pronunciation, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Hopefully, <laughs> um, majority, well, my whole family is from Dublin, Ireland, but okay. there is a vast majority married to Italians. So you I'm just making an assumption. I, You yeah. know what? I really yeah. do. You're right about that. We eat well and uh, we go to pubs. Yes, we, um, us, us Italians eat for pleasure and for sport. So <laughs> we have a lot of fun. <laughs> That's great. And um, I also love doing interviews when I'm in one state and somebody else is in another. So I'm here in Tampa Bay, Florida. It's absolutely gorgeous out. It's about 70 degrees and I just got back from a bike ride. Tell me about you. Oh my gosh, I'm jealous. I am in <laughs> beautiful Northwest Indiana right now, sitting okay. here in Mer in Merrillville, but it is a sunny day and uh, not too cold. So it Ooh. definitely feels like Christmas. So it's a, it's a good time of the year to be here. That's nice. Well, yeah. it doesn't really look like Christmas in Tampa Bay, but we like to pretend we wear our right. boots, even if it's 70 degrees. Oh, I, so I don't <laughs> think you I, should, I don't think you know this about me, but I actually grew up in South Florida. So most you of my did. youth was spent. Yeah. Between Hollywood uh, and Miami in particular. So yeah, oh, still, wow. have, still have family down there. So I get down there quite a bit. Oh, that's great. Why would yeah. you ever leave? I have to know. Um, because I met a beautiful young lady mm. who stole my heart and uh, <laughs> fell in love and just really you know, loved the mid. That's you. I love little disruptions in technology. Oh, of course. Aren't they awesome? <laughs> They're the best. <laughs> so you were saying that you moved because of a beautiful woman, which uh -huh. I'm completely enamored by the story. Mm-hmm. So you, yeah. you you followed her, which, you know what? One of my dentists did that. He actually left London mm -hmm. and moved to the States. Not only did he leave London and move to the States, but he had to go through dental school again. That's mm. how much he loved her. That's a lot of love. <laughs> That's a lot of love. <laughs> That's the soulmate kind. That's great. That's right. That's right. That's great. So you... um. You actually had a very strong desire to become a physician. Why don't you tell the audience about your story in the medical world? I did. Um, 
it was probably the hardest decision I've had to make in my life, um, especially at that age and stage when I had to make it. And uh, my father's actually a physician. Um, he's a ENT, um, otorhinolaryngologist, um, kind of interesting practice, um, They uh, private practice, but did mm-hmm. everything kind of one-stop shop, head and neck, if you will. So um, all traditional. I say, I say otolaryngology, so people mm-hmm. think I'm very intelligent. Oh, that, that's exactly what I do, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's not what you say, it's how you say it, right? right? <laughs> so, I got that one down. Go ahead. Right? But was always enamored with, you know, with his practice, both on, you know, the patient care side, just, you know, the best bedside manner, um, their technical ability, you know, um, him and his business partner, they were, you know, surgeons. So again, traditional ENT care, um, also, you know, facial reconstructive surgery, um, you know, plastic cosmetic surgery, um, and then even expanded from there. They did things like uh, balance at a balance center, um, allergy, really? so on and so forth. So at their well, peak, something had- you don't know about me. I mm-hmm. actually, when New York Medical um, went out of business many years uh-huh. ago that I was involved in, my CEO, the entrepreneur that he was, mm-hmm. also an internal med doc, okay. he opened um, the first balance center in New uh-huh. York. Get out. So, yeah. So I know a little bit about vestibular rehabilitation and right. such. You're still sounding smart. Keep it going. Thank you. <laughs> just keep How using about, big let words. me just, yeah, let me throw in a posturography machine. How about oh, that? There, there you go. Uh-oh. I like it. <laughs> you, had, you had me out of low, Sharon. So, so long story short, you know, I was always really enamored with, you know, with the practice, both on, you know, the actual, the, the physician and patient care side, but also just you know, how entrepreneurial they were. And uh, mm-hmm. at their peak, they had multiple offices. Uh, multiple and how long offices. ago was that, that they started? So, oh God, this would have been back in the early 80s. Wow. I am not good with dates, but this That's was definitely okay. back in the early 80s. And so, you know, growing up, I always just felt that I would follow in my father's footsteps because, you know, I, I'm, I, I've been told I, um, that I'm compassionate, um, mm-hmm. have a lot of passion, maybe sometimes too much. And mm-hmm. really, well, you are Italian. I am mm-hmm. Italian. So I have mm-hmm. that uh, It's part of my charm. <laughs> right. But I re- really felt that that would be a very fulfilling life being able to, you know, to heal and, and to help. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, kind of all my life growing up, um, so we kind of just assumed that'd be the, the direction I would go in, not because of pressure from my parents, but because I felt like that would be be my calling and um long story short was a student athlete and was recruited ultimately to play in in college and the school i was recruited to was the what best sport um, um so it was ice hockey oh no and, way yeah yeah oh, what's your team i have to know well now you know i'm outside of chicago so you know i do Ooh. like the blackhawks but back yeah. in the day back in the day it was the, the philadelphia flyers okay. and uh loved the flyers loved eric lindros mm-hmm it was really a business school. And so, of course, but it was the best hockey program that I was recruited to. So I was kind of concerned, said to my father, well, what do I do? You know, I want to go pre-med, but I really want to play hockey. And right. he looked at me very seriously. He was very pragmatic about it and said, it is the best decision because we'll make sure that you have, you know, what you need, you know, to, you know, take your MCATs and go to medical school you know, from a pre-med standpoint. However, if you want to follow in my footsteps, if that's your desire, having a really strong business background is what you're going to need to be successful long-term in healthcare, in private wow. practice in particular. So mm-hmm. I thought that was, you know, obviously a great foresight and um, took that to heart. And uh, ultimately- Because he you know, really, sorry to interrupt, mm-hmm. but because no. he really understood that running a practice, that was probably- where him and his partners 
I would assume mm-hmm. we're having a difficult time. It's it's never it's never seeing the patients. I mean, the patient mm-hmm. care is usually the easy part, um, but it's everything else that goes into running a business. Well, so interestingly enough, he he was very very lucky. You know, he's um he is strategic, has great vision, but um the business mind originally was his business partner. Um, mm-hmm. but just was a f- phenomenal, not just, you know, physician, but also very business minded. And then mm-hmm. ultimately several years later, um, my mother, who's very bright and business minded, um, kind of came in as they called their COO, kind of a chief operating officer, mm-hmm. you know, um, and really t- to this day, um, is still actively involved, um, in the practice and has right. kind of really helped kind of elevate it to the next level. So, um, to your point, there's really in prior practice, you know, there's two sides of the equation that's, or two sides of the coin and you need both, right. To be successful o- over the duration, you need obviously to have, you know, there's the, there's the healthcare side, the physician mm-hmm. side, right. But then also more importantly as well, there's, there's the business side and there's the administrative side and, um, it's kind of like speed and power, right? In the NFL, mm-hmm. you need both to be successful. And yeah, not, really. all pra- not all practices have that. And not all physicians, unfortunately, realize that. Right. So. And like Gretzky said, you always you have to know where the puck is going. Right. Right. Let's throw so, in some hockey. Who who yeah. knew that I could even speak yeah. sport? It's still, <laughs> still impressing me. Still impressing me. So to, uh, to, kind of fin- to finish your question. So, again, mm-hmm. um, sp- spending four years in, at the school I went to, um, Again, with the business focus, really just fell in love with business. And I'll never forget, uh, took the MCATs, was interviewing at medical schools, and had started my one of my first companies. And my dad looks at me and he said, what are you doing? He said, I, I know you want to be a doctor. I know you have this vision of me hooding you at graduation and mm-hmm. us working together. And he goes, I, I would love that. But I just see this passion that you have for business. And I just don't know if, you know, given where healthcare is going, where he felt even back then, you know, healthcare was going um, potentially that he didn't know if it was worth the investment. And this, again, it's, it's multifaceted, right? It's sure. the financial investment, which is significant. Huge. I mean, mm-hmm. student loans are crushing doctors today, especially yeah. primary care providers. Um, but then also that of your time and not knowing, you know, a decade and a half later, you know, what I was going to be walked, what medical profession I'd be welcomed into. Um, sure. So and all I the changes to, that he mm-hmm. incurred yeah. with, I mean, oh. there was, there was no electronic health records. I'm sure when mm-hmm. he started the practice, no. you know, no. so no learning EMR. all about the right technology right. and right. all the insurance, uh, the managed care difficulties that he would have to overcome through the years and yeah. just getting reimbursed a, a, right. a decent rate. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 So, so, so again, kind of just kind of, cap off the question what's really interesting and really excites me is like and i know i shared this with you on our, our call a few days ago is just the ability now that you know being in business you know for the audience i am i'm not a physician obviously i'm not a healthcare administrator i'm not actively involved day to day in healthcare but what i am and what i'm very passionate about is physician and patient advocacy and mm-hmm. i've been able to through my, my business background now to really kind of come full circle and I'm just really passionate about the things that I'm able to now do in healthcare to really, at the end of the day, kind of optimize um, that physician and patient experience. I love that, you know, and we have a lot more in common that you would even know about. Both my parents worked, um, my father worked at New York Hospital for over 40 years, and my mother worked for South Nassau Hospital in Long Island, New York for many years. And um, I went in as a volunteer, as a teenager to my mother's um, hospital she was an echo tech and worked with all wow. cardiologists. And 
I would see blood and I'd run for my life. You know, I had no, I was like, no, there's no way I could, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but right. wherever I went, I, I was always fascinated by everything about business. Mm-hmm. Um, just how everything operates from the person answering the phone to mm-hmm. how you're going to pay the bills and build mm-hmm. the structure and market and grow it. So I think um, to, but to be able to have empathy, which is what you have mm-hmm. for the physicians and for the patients and for the well-being of the medical industry at heart is a mm-hmm. gift, right? right. So Absolutely. I think that's wonderful. So then, you know, now you can parlay this wonderful background that you have along with um, your father and, and all of the, the medical exposure that you've had throughout your life into this new emerging company, Ultimate MD. Right. Yeah, no, really exciting. So, um, you know, I I get to work with with family, which to me is such a blessing. So I work with my sister-in-law and brother-in-law with regards to Ultimate MD. And we had been looking for for quite some time, always looking at at, at opportunities from an investment standpoint, um, typically more passive in nature. Mm-hmm. But when we stumbled upon you know, Eric Williams um, from Ultimate MD, who was our founder and founded the company in 2016, um, we were really intrigued because, again, what he saw was that there is a better way, right? That yeah. over time, and again, I try to keep things apolitical, um, but at, you know, at the end of the day, there was really a, a significant paradigm shift in healthcare where the power at the end of the day really what went from the physicians, right, to, you know, We'll call them other companies. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, and what happened with that is at the end of the day, I try to keep things really simple, right? My favorite acronym is KISS, right? Mm-hmm. Keep it simple, keep it stupid. Simple, stupid. Right, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> is, is okay. So if, you know, if, if now you're being challenged, you're, you're already referenced on this call, you know, reimbursements coming down. So now mm-hmm. if all of a sudden you're trying to just, again, maintain the level of compensation that you're earning today, right? And all of a sudden, you're, there's there's margin compression, right? So you're actually your reimbursements are being squeezed. You're making less money. What do you have to do, right? You have to obviously increase volume, mm-hmm. which does a couple of things, right? Number one, it puts negative pressure on the quality of life of our physicians because yeah. now they're going from seeing maybe maybe it was ten, maybe it was twenty to you no know, thirty, maybe sometimes forty patients a day plus, right? Yeah. So they're seeing more patients. Um, they so they have that that pressure and that grind. And I think a lot of um, lay people. Um, don't understand the the mental and physical and often spiritual um, pressure that's associated with being a medical professional, specifically a, a physician and a primary care physician. You're on your feet all day. I know I, I watch my yeah. father in the office mm-hmm. you know, as an ENT. He's on his feet all day seeing well over 35 patients a day, running from room to room, you know, doing procedures often in, in the office. And so you have that physical, right, just wear and tear on your body. Number one, you know, my job as a businessman, I, I sit a lot, which I don't like either. But, you right. know, that, that's Thank the God new smoke. Thank God for standing desks. Right. And that's because <laughs> you know, sitting is the new smoking, apparently. Right. right? So, <laughs> so we have that. Um, but number one. Number two, there's the mental, especially as a primary care provider where someone's that patient's the proverbial Rubik's cube, right? You're having right. this mental exercise of really trying to diagnose, um, you know, um, based off of, you know, this, their symptoms and what they're sharing with you, right? Those ailments. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously, you know, sp- you know, there's the spiritual side of it, you know, when, when you, you know, you misdiagnose, you lose a patient. So I share that with you in the context of, it's a really hard job that the average person, if they're not living a day to day or close to it, can never fully appreciate. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, so- I couldn't agree with you more. And I have, I, I would say I have this conversation most with my, my family because mm-hmm. everybody comes to me and asks me, well, what doctor should I see for this right. or that? Which is the ENT right. to go to? Which is the cardiologist? Right. And, you know, I, I think a lot about somebody's personality before I would refer them right. like, what are you looking for? Are you looking for a doctor right. to spend time with you? Or are you looking to go somewhere where you can get in and out in five minutes? Like it's a right. very personal to me to refer um, business. But that right. said, when I have this discussion about what it's like, I'll never know mm-hmm. what it's like to be a physician, but I feel like right. I've gotten so close to understanding, like you said, how they're affected mentally, physically, mm-hmm. spiritually, mm-hmm. It's a Mm -hmm. grind. I mean, I don't, I think that, you know, the majority of people think there might be like a money tree growing somewhere in the back office, Um, but they don't understand all that goes into, you know, employee health benefits and malpractice and, um, you know, hiring other physicians to help because especially Mm -hmm. in the primary care industry, it's, it's probably the only specialty that I ever see that sign that says not accepting new patients. Right. Right. (laughs) I know. And the only reason they're not accepting new patients is because they just can't handle what's coming in and they don't want to spend the money maybe to hire on another physician um, or nurse practitioner. So it's very it is it's very complicated and very difficult for anybody who's not inside of the industry to understand. So I really I agree with that point um, very strongly. Well, Sharon, you know, you, you said you know, perceptions, reality, right? Yes. And I think you kind of you kind of alluding to this, you know, the, you know, patients, they just assume make an assumption, whether it's an ENT or a primary care provider, that there's, again, this money tree growing right, right. in the back. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize specifically in primary care that they are not making, I mean, enough often to take the risk, to your point, to scale that practice of investing sure. in another physician right, to get them up and running or to right. add extenders often. So, you know, I, I think I shared this with you the other day, and I, I typically get, um, you know, dirty looks when I say this to, to doctors or attorneys or accountants. But, you know, this what we're kind of dancing around is the fact that, you know, physicians really are blue collar. If, if you mm-hmm. really look at the mm-hmm. definition of blue collar, i.e. they make widgets, they are producers, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're a traditional doctor practicing in a traditional way where you are, you know, seeing patients and you haven't professionalized your, your, your practice that you have doctors working for you, right? Um, mm-hmm. You literally, your widgets are units of time, right? And at the end of the day, you know, my definition of white collar is the ability to leverage the labor of others and to generate passive income, right? Mm-hmm. And so to your point, you know, you have these physicians that have you know, literally invested, um, you know, a decade and a half, you know, into be- becoming the physicians that they are today, Um this mental, emotional, um, you know, that, that mental, spiritual, physical grind. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, um, they, they, they feel almost handcuffed because again, yeah. re- reimbursements are coming down, volumes having to go up, they're getting, they're getting crushed. And then the patients on the other hand, which are, you know, so very important, they feel like you know, they're getting yep. the short end of the stick as well. So the quality yep. of life for the doctor is going down but patient care is also going down just because the, the doctors don't have the time to see them. And whether that's in a private practice setting or, you know, a lot of these you know, different states and different cities, a lot of these primary care um, physicians are getting, you know, 
kind of gobbled up by a lot of the, the healthcare systems in these hospitals, right, to kind of create their continuum of care. You know, on both sides of the equation, again, it's the same thing. They're making less, so you need more volume. And it's all these decisions are being made, being made by the bottom line. It's very bottom line focused. Um, but unfortunately for the doctors in private practice, it kind of has to be because they're trying to keep the lights on so yeah. they can take care of their patients. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's so, really yeah. tough. It's a really tough. It is. When people say, you know, you, you, you consult for physicians. I'm like, I know, but, I know. And it, it's very, it's very difficult um, for anybody to understand how tough it is for them. So it's funny because they, they sometimes think of me like, like therapy, right? I, right? Like I let them yeah. unload to me because I really have a great understanding of, of what right. it's like seeing so many different types of specialists over the years mm -hmm. and working so closely with them. Right. And they take it home. Who, who else gets affected but the oh. family, right? Hello. Right. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure there were times when um, you didn't see dad at a hockey game because he mm -hmm. had a patient that he had to deal with or a partner in the practice. I mean, it becomes very um, oh. difficult for families. It, it's a juggling act, you know, and, uh, you know, I feel blessed that my dad ma made it work. And, you know, we had dinner as a family every night. But, you know, I can only, you know, now as, as an adult, you know, we have conversations about, you know, things he went through, um, mm -hmm. you know, things he was dealing with, you know, you lose as a surgeon, you lose a patient, and it's just, yeah. um, it's heartbreaking. So, again, you know, ultimate MD for us was, you know, how can we help, you know, um, kind of have that pendulum swing back in the in the other direction. And really, you know, our goal was, you know, again, we want we want to throw back. We want to re-empower physicians and we want to re-empower um, patients so that they can have the quality of care that they deserve and that physicians can have the quality of life that they deserve given, you know, the countless years and and the money that they invest in themselves to to be where they are today. And we just felt that ultimate MD and, you know, you can call it concierge medicine. Other people call it retainer medicine. I've heard membership, membership. medicine, mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, what it is, is, is it is allowing a doctor to take their patient panel and all the patients that they're currently seeing and to basically convert a percentage of that. Um, it's important because again, that, that there's a threshold where you kind of go from more of a membership concierge to direct primary care or DPC but so that they can, again, go back to the old days of medicine where they're seeing, you know, maybe 10 patients a day, mm -hmm. which means that they have the time to spend with those patients to yes. be able to pro provide proactive, holistic health care to their right. patients, to really sit down with them and understand what they're going through, not just physically, right, but to really treat the patient in its entirety, which is how medicine used to be. Yeah. Um, which again, just because, because the system honestly currently is flawed, was not allowing doctors to do that anymore, especially, um, direct, you know, primary care physicians. And then to be that primary point of contact that liaison then for that patient with all of their healthcare needs, um, as they obviously make referrals to specialists, et cetera. So really proud of what, you know, the team has been able to, you know, to create so far again, founded in 2016, um, founded in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, but we're also right now currently developing other markets actively, including, you know, Chicago, Charlotte, uh, Denver. And obviously um, the reason we're speaking today is Florida as well. Tampa Bay. Yay. That's well, I've right. been super impressed with this model. Um, I've worked with concierge physicians 
ultimately what ends up happening with, with the doctor whisperer, the company, mm, is that right. I'm working with physicians who are trying to break out of corporate, really, is how we define it. Right. We're trying right. to break the mold um, and do something different. And what I've really enjoyed learning more about Ultimate MD is that you are more of a partner with them so they don't yeah. feel like they have to figure all of this out by themselves. Um, I mean, there's even a retirement strategy to transition mm -hmm. to practice um, and, you know, talking about a succession team. Those are things mm -hmm. that, you know, if you're talking about your exit strategy um, at mm -hmm. the time you're thinking of opening a business, then, then you're talking mm -hmm. about the right things. Right. So, um, and it's affordable. You know, mm -hmm. I think when everybody hears the word concierge, they think it has to be for a luxury market. But the truth no. is, this is more of um, lifestyle medicine mm -hmm. that, just like you mentioned, will really uh, replicate how it was back in the day when doctors went to school to become physicians and then they treated patients and it was a lot simpler. And, um, yeah. and everybody benefited from it. So I'm excited about Ultimate MD. I'm going to let everybody know that they can look you up at ultimatemd.com. Mm -hmm. yeah. There'll be more information um, at the intro of the show. And, mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to thank you for spending the time with us today. Do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, I think just kind of two final thoughts. One is that you hit the nail on the head, which is that I think there's a misconception that um, this kind of concierge medicine model is only for the the wealthy or the ultra wealthy, and and you kind of hinted at it, but it, it's absolutely accurate. That is not the case. No. Um, it's for it's for patients that are looking for again a different type of healthcare um, that want to be proactive and holistic with their healthcare, and they want to have access to a physician, um, you know, on kind of on demand, if you will, whether that be via phone. Um, or obviously in, for in office um, visits. So again, it's it's not just the ultra wealthy. Um, you know, obviously there's you know your direct primary care on one side, but you know I see a lot of you know lower middle class, middle class um, families that have made the decision um, that healthcare is important to them and they prioritize um, that accordingly. Well, you know, uh, your health is your wealth, right? Right. There, there's no greater way to spend your money than on your health because you can't take it with you. Oh, I couldn't <laughs> agree more. Unfortunately, I find people spend more time um, taking care of their automobiles yes, or their yes, houses the than they do their yes. bodies. Right. So, like, let's really focus on the car insurance. Right. No, you right. really need to focus on your health and your benefits. Right. All the conversations that we have today about, yeah. I am very blessed in the sense that my husband works for UPS. Yeah. So we have a right. family plan and we pay mm -hmm. nothing, literally nothing. But that's just not the case today. So if you really were right. to take that barometer and look at what mm -hmm. you're paying in healthcare and compare mm -hmm. it to the cost of what oh. Ultimate MD is, right. is offering. It's really, it's, it's what you're going to pay, um, you know, to have cable. Mm -hmm. Unless you're oh, cutting the cord, of course. No, I, I, I agree. I, you know, I always say, cause again, my, my, I'm still a financier and kind of banker, right? And I always say, we don't have a retirement plan crisis in this, in this country. We have a priority crisis in this yeah. country, you know? you see a lot of people every day making bad decisions with the dollars that they have, you know, and it's, I always know that person that tells me they can't afford, you know, healthcare, they can't afford, you know, X, Y, Z, they can't afford to put money into their 401k. I always say, well, but you can afford $5 a day for coffee. Right? Starbucks. At yeah. The coffee shop. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I, did, I didn't want, I didn't want to beat, beat up on them, <laughs> but, but all I'm saying is do Look, the simple I'm guilty math. myself. Yes. No, mm -hmm. I, we all do. Mm -hmm. But, 
you know, think $5 a day times five right. days a week, right? It's $25 times, let's say, mm-hmm. call it four weeks in a month. Now you're at 100 times 12 months in a year. You're at $1,200, right? right? And so, yeah. again, oftentimes, oftentimes, not always, but the, the, the money is there. It just gets misdirected based off of, right. in my opinion, I'm going, you know, poor priorities. So that was the first kind of parting comment. The second is, you know, again, for the physicians that are listening, I mean, they know this already. I mean, there's, we're projecting what a shortfall of physicians by 2030 of potentially 100,000 um, in, in the U.S. And call it roughly upwards of 40 percent of that is going to be you know, primary care providers. And so, again, it's not going to get better. That's why I'm sharing that 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 data point. It's not going to get better because, again, with that shortage, all that's going to mean is more and more pressure on the physician to provide that patient care. Volumes are going to continue to go up. Unfortunately, my fear is, you know, reimbursements will continue to get squeezed. There's going to be that compression. And so I just truly believe now is the time to find that better mousetrap for you, whether it's Ultimate MD, another membership medicine type of platform. But, you know, you, you, you mentioned it, so I just wanted to speak to it very briefly we really our 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 culture and style at Ultimate MD is that of servant leadership. We believe mm-hmm. we are here to provide a platform for you, the physician, to be successful. You don't work for us. We basically we kind of view it as we work for you. So whether that's literally you know, um, you know in setting up your LLC to you know finding um, you know finding the real estate, helping you with that lease or purchase agreement all the way through to getting you your lab coats. I mean, our job, our, our development team is there to really kind of walk with you hand in hand to get you from point A to point B. And if you're leaving, obviously, the corporate model, um, going into private practice for the first time, oftentimes you've kind of, you know what you know, you know how yeah. to you know provide patient care and be a physician, but you don't know the business side. And that's really where we partner with you to help you achieve your goals and objectives and at the end of the day, then still we're always there kind of as your back office um, and uh, making sure that you have that trusted advisor that's there to support you. So um, I just can't thank you enough for, you know, for allowing me to join you today. This has been a lot of fun. You are yeah, awesome. Yeah, this is great. You are awesome, too. Yeah. And I'm really happy oh. to hear that this um, opportunity is available for physicians here in the Tampa Bay area and beyond, because as a solution strategist, I only mm-hmm. want to provide them with solutions. And there's not many um, models that I believe in, but this is certainly one of them. So you have my endorsement and I'm excited about the future. So thanks so much, Anthony, and enjoy your holidays. Oh, Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for having me. And I hope to uh, see you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye now. Bye now.